2: Hey,
1: everybody, and welcome back to From Complex to Queens, Amazing Avenue's Mile podcast. I'm Steve Seipa, and I'm joined this week by Lucas Vlaus, Ken Levin, and Thomas Henderson. How's everyone doing this week? Good. I'm doing okay. How are you
0: doing?
2: Good, good. The weather's finally cold. I love it.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cold, Ed. I went outside to cut some branches off of the tree outside, and like, in the span of maybe 10 minutes, my hands almost got frostbite. So. <laughs> yeah, it's cold, today. <laughs> Yep. Well, today's also a day that will live in infamy. Pearl Harbor Day. And... Obviously, Pearl Harbor was a pretty uh, pivotal moment in American history, I would say, and also, you know, world history. And in the 79 years since, there's been a ton of movies about World War II. So what World War II movies are we going to promote, extend, or trade of the following three? Oh, that's and a good I tr- one, Steve. I tried to narrow it down. I mean, obviously, you know, it's hard to narrow down hundreds into three but I tried to pick a bunch of different genres and points of view and and styles and stuff, time frame. So here's the three that I narrowed it down to. First one, Casablanca. Second one, Grave of the Fireflies. Third one, Schindler's List. Fuck, that's... You're killing
2: me here. (laughs) Casablanca and Schindler's List are two of my favorite movies. I'm gonna extend Casablanca and promote Shino's list, then Grave of the Fireflies great in its own right, but sorry you're getting traded.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Same.
2: Traded for a World War One era film instead. <laughs> Bring me uh nineteen seventeen or whatever that, that recent uh one shot movie was.
0: Well well you know, you always gotta get younger and one is smaller than two. Uh-huh.
2: Uh huh. More <laughs> years of team control too. Exactly. <laughs>
1: I traded Casablanca. I'm sorry, man. What? There's That's, nothing. That, what? It, there's nothing inherently wrong with it, but it's just kind of like dated and just feels a little bit more superficial than those other ones. Yeah. Like, Ugh <sighs>
2: uh, God. Is this how you feel when we don't know wrestling things, Steve? When we have bad wrestling takes? <laughs>
1: well, like I said, I have, nothing, I, I have nothing against Casablanca, but I just don't, I'm not that into it. So can you share why it's such a good movie to you then? Like, what is it that I'm not seeing, maybe? Uh, Like I said, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. The characters, you know, the story is a good story. It's an interesting story. The characters and the acting, it's all fine. To me, it just feels that, like... It's from, like, that golden age of Hollywood kind of era, so it just sure. feels very, like, superficial and doesn't get into, like, the depth that movies, you know, today might get to.
0: To be I fair, mean... I like those movies, though, like, that era of movies, so. Mm-hmm. I think that's just a difference. Like, I enjoy those movies, and if you don't, then you won't, like, mm-hmm. not not saying you don't enjoy them, but saying, like, if you feel that way about them, then it's just going to carry on to Castle Blanca too.
1: right, right.
2: I think and I don't I don't know how to articulate my feelings on Casablanca particularly well. Mm-hmm. If if for instance everything about it just is like perfect in my head and if any one detail was different, I'd pro- maybe I'd agree with you. But uh I'm also not gonna argue that its plot is more deep than Schindler's list or anything. It certainly isn't. But uh I don't know. I don't, I, I don't have a, a, a good argument that I could put into words.
1: Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I think it's just like a very well written movie. Like, yes. Um, I think there's a there's a reason people quote it so often, so many years after it's been made.
2: Just shocked to find gambling in this institution.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Willpawns when they find sexual harassment suits in the Mets. I mean, what? Yeah. Sorry.
1: Well, hopefully we won't need to deal with stuff like that anymore. No, just insider trading, but that's you know whatever. <laughs> victimless crime, Stephen. Yeah, victimless What's crime. The, of um, course. The 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 uh the the guy from First Take, Stephen A. Smith.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Like uh the mild profanity. <laughs> there will only be <laughs> an ass on my page or whatever
1: <laughs> that's mild profanity but that's yeah mild that's, crime I don't know where i was going with that yeah mild crimes like the <laughs> less
2: dumb person on first stage typical rich people bullshit mild yes.
1: will Ponery
2: <laughs> will Ponery that's a great word why well, have i never heard that term before
0: yeah right after they leave we get will Ponery
2: add it to the lexicon <laughs> met's twitter when when uh, Steve Cohen doesn't sign any of the top free agents, man, that's some serious <sighs> willponery right there. Classic <laughs>
1: willponery. Classic.
2: I don't think that will actually happen, but
1: we'll see. Well, since we don't really have any major free agent signings to talk about, I mean, we have Trevor May, but is that a major free agent signing as opposed to just... No, it's signings? a
2: major free agent signing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's it's significant in terms that he's like one of the better relievers available, but I wouldn't call it like major. Yeah, like major, like he's, major.
1: he's he's a good guy to have, but you know maybe you, you're not you're not winning the back pages with a uh, Trevor May signing.
2: Dude, dude is legit fun though. Like, yeah, I, he's a lot
1: of fun. I mean, he's he seems to be a uh, World of Warcraft guy with his horde banner in the background. Mm-hmm. So,
0: and and all those like. Did you see that? Like, people were getting onto him because he has, like, a Phillies thing in the back. He drafted
1: by the
2: Phillies.
0: And it's not that, though. Those are World of Warcraft houses... Drawn in Major League Baseball team. What? That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, because like uh, because I was watching his stream, like his celebratory just sign stream, and people were saying it, and he was just like, "It's not a Phillies look." (laughs) Like every five seconds, a Mets fan would be like, "Take down the Phillies thing." He's like, "It's not a Phillies thing." Like this is one of the houses, and there's a Yankee one over there that's like that, and there's a like a Mariners one, and he has a bunch of them because he got them for like Christmas or something. He was saying. Oh. So, yeah, it's not even a Phillies thing. But, yeah, he was drafted by the Phillies, and he was like, I'll always love them a little bit, so you got to get over it. <laughs> yeah, understandable.
1: Totally defensible. Just like Jared Kyle and Nick loves the Mets, right? Oh, yeah. yeah he.
0: Oh. W- w- whenever he becomes a superstar and he's like, I'll always love the Mets a little bit, I'm going to be like, okay. <laughs>
2: <Thanks>. <laughs> sure, buddy. Sure. <laughs> Thanks, bud.
1: <laughs> well, uh, we have some roster news to discuss, and it's not guys being added, unfortunately. It's guys being cut because the non-tender deadline just passed a couple of days ago. And two, notable, quote-unquote, with an asterisk, I don't know if to, I should call them notable or not, but two notable guys were cut, Paul Seawald and Ariel Jurado. Um, Seawald hes notable because drafted by the Mets all the way back in 2012, worked his way up through the system until he made his Major League debut in 2017. And, you know... uh. What can we say about Paul Sewell? He was solid in the minor leagues. I, I went back to look at his numbers, and it was a lot better than I really remember. But just one of the a, a case of you know, this stuff is good enough to get minor league players out, but in the majors, not so much. Um, yeah, he you know. wasn't, wasn't great. Yeah. No, but like a a
0: reasonable um, non tender, even though like you never want to see dudes lose their jobs. Like I understand why they did
2: it. He's definitely. At his... You I was know. looking at his stats because I was writing the the non-tendered relievers article. I didn't realize that he ran a, a, a K nine over nine for basically every season he he had in the majors. Hmm.
0: That tracks. He always would like strike people, like two dudes out and then get lit up. So yeah, <laughs> like like his outs were strikeouts. It was just the rest of it.
2: Well, weirdly, and maybe we didn't appreciate him at the time. And also this, this goes to show the fickleness of relievers. Like he, he came up and was actually quite good in 2017. Like he had nine and a half K9, he had a, his ERA was four and a half, but his FIP was in the high, mid to high threes, his DRA minus really, they really liked him. Um, and he was passable in 2018, basically a league average middle relief guy. Like that's fine. Uh, things just kind of went to shit in 2019 and 2020. Yeah. Um, and since he's out, like, if he had options, I would pay him to stay around as a swing guy. Like, if he's, like, somebody you have in your pool of seven or eight relievers you're bringing up and down, That that's okay. But he's not good enough to warrant giving a real spot.
1: Yeah. I, I, I was watching a game over the summer, and he came into pitch. And my mom was like, oh, who's that guy? So I was like, oh, it's Paul Seawold. You know, he's just kind of like the... Basically, the last guy that gets picked on the you know on the band uh, on the team, um, Mm -hmm. the first guy that gets in. So she was just like, "Oh, he's the jobber." I was like, "Holy (laughs) shit, that's that's the best way to describe it for 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 you guys that don't know jobbers. It's a wrestling thing. It's just like the no name dude that you know his job is just get beaten up and make everyone else look good."
2: Oh, so like the when Bender becomes the gender Bender, in, right? Right? In right? Drama. Okay, got it.
1: So that basically is Paul Seawold in a nutshell. He's just basically there. He he's not good, and everyone else looks better because he's not that great.
0: I wonder if he loops back around on a minor league deal if he can't um, get <sighs> a regular job. I'd
1: be fine, just with for that. like
0: a depth thing, like a Syracuse needs arms thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, who knows if Syracuse will even exist next year, but...
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah I, up... could, I could see maybe, like, a bad team gambling on the strikeout rate.
1: Yeah. Giving him not know. spot. I, I didn't and I don't it think that's... That
2: yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a bad idea, inherently. Like, if, if I'm managing a bad team... I'm managing a rebuilding team, and some guy... And I'm just trying to sign every reliever with a K9 over 10 on the free agent market, just in case one of them clicks.
1: He's going to go to Tampa Bay and become the next, you know. You know, I could totally see it. (laughs) He's going to be the next elite opener.
2: (laughs) No, here's what's going to happen. He's going to go to Tampa Bay, be elite for a year, uh, and then they'll roll into next season with him. He'll have, like, two bad outings, and they'll trade him for a legit prospect, and he'll never be good again. (laughs) (laughs) The Tampa Bay Rays reliever story.
1: Well, one guy that probably will never be good is the other non-tender that we're going to talk about here, Ariel Jurado. And the only reason why he's notable is because the Mets sent the Texas Rangers, Stephen Velines for him. And it's not even necessarily that Velines is like a slam dunk, but Brody basically traded Velines. Steve, uh, I will that... not
2: tolerate this Valines slander well, on I'm this just,
1: podcast. Just got to keep it real. You know, he, he might he's not a... a uh, 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 you know, he's not a top prospect here, but mm-hmm. he was traded for four innings of Ariel Jurado. four crummy innings of Ariel Jurado.
0: against Baltimore. Why I remember that I don't know.
1: Well, that that <laughs> makes it even worse because is yeah. not even a good team.
2: <laughs> I mean, that trade didn't make any sense from the jump. Like, no, my my fanboyness of. The lines aside, like, Harrado is bad.
1: I mean, like, if you if you looked really hard and squinted and got really close, you could say, okay, well, harrado is 24. He has a solid fastball. Okay, maybe the Mets, uh, you know, developmental people can figure something out.
2: Look, uh, I, anyone who's – I just think in modern baseball, if you're striking out fewer than six per nine innings, you're just not a viable pitcher. Like, unless you're, I mean, even guys like Keichel strike out more than that. Yeah. Dudes running K9s of 5 and 4, like, that's bad. That's not no, where the game is very... anymore. Nope. That's not where the game that is. That is
1: very hard to sustain uh, successfully.
0: I don't even know what you'd have. You'd have to be, like, a knuckleball pit. Not even that, because you'd strike out people. Like... I'm trying to think what type of pitcher would even survive that way, like I guess just you know, their like an extreme, is so heavy. yeah an extreme
2: yeah. ground ball pitcher,
0: yeah, where everything's just beat right into the ground, so it doesn't matter,
2: I mean, like Dallas Keuchel. but even Dallas Keuchel strikes yes. out <laughs> more than that, yeah in in today's day and age, and if like if the with the way hitters swing and approach at at bats now if, if you can't strike out more than that it's just not gonna work, yeah. Okay, I lied. Keichel only struck out five point nine last season, but That's most well. of the time he's been seven high, high high sevens. He was in the high sixes in twenty eighteen, but well, it was just like, hey, we, and it was another instance of hey, we traded all away slash failed to develop any depth starters. Better trade for a bad depth starter
0: because we like might not have a a guy to throw like literally like need a body.
2: The well, open with Stephen Velines instead. I think yeah. it has a better chance of working.
1: Than our <laughs> it's, there's a possibility. Hopefully this doesn't turn into Blake Taylor Part 2. But, you know, yeah, you seems, never know.
2: That seems unlikely.
1: But. Just another example. And then the worst part is that there are two more uh, pending plays to be named later. Yeah, that uh still need to be named.
0: Do you remember if they were players to be named later slash or cash, or was it just players to be named later? Because I wonder if Sandy could be like, "Here's a check."
1: I believe everything was all players to be named later. Because okay. I couldn't I don't... remember one of them was slash check, but I don't, I'll look it up.
0: Because I was I was thinking about that before. Because like I'm sure Sandy would just be like, "Hey, hey." Here's-
1: I mean, if if it was cash, that would make things infinitely better because exactly just because I like Todd Fraser for cash for a month, I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah, like- yeah. <laughs> it would make the deal still not make much sense, but it would make a little bit you know more sense.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, those for cash deals, even if it's international pool money, I'd be like, whatever.
2: No, Brody Brody Van Wagenen and sending useful prospects to Texas teams for nothing. Name a more iconic duo.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I hate that duo.
2: J.D. Davis is nothing, but, you know, the rest of the stuff they got from Texas teams was.
1: Not great. You're not a a Jake Marisnick fan?
2: No, no, okay. I was not a fan of trading for one year of a defense-first outfielder. The okay. guy I'm not convinced is very good. No, I well, think he's a good defender.
0: Look, it, 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 he was hurt it, it, the entire time, so it didn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Right,
2: right. I don't. I wouldn't care if they brought Marisnik back as a fourth outfielder like, or whatever. It's a fourth outfielder. I don't care. Just don't oh, please, trade something guest. for it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You could have just signed Juan Lagares, Kevin Pillar, Jared. Didn't Dyson. they
1: go and sign Juan Lagares? Yes, he wore like, like
0: eighty four for two days. <laughs> because
2: Veristic exactly was hurt, and they way. just went and signed Lagares anyway. He he
0: wore like eighty four for like two days, and then he got DFA'd and said something on Instagram.
2: Uh, it was just so so Mets. Brody was just like. Hey, we're not going to own the team for any longer, so we're going to turn the Will Ponery up to 11.
1: hate that, Will Ponery. Well, speaking of Will Ponery being on 11, um, we obviously know that Major League Baseball took a chainsaw to the minor leagues and just chopped shit up. But this week, we got some news about some of that uh, stuff that got chopped off. And... Major League Baseball announced that they're going to be forming a – well, not a – the, quote-unquote, MLB Draft League, which is going to be a summer league that is going to feature draft-eligible players. And according to Baseball America, the league is open to anybody, anybody that's draft-eligible that year. But it's mainly going to be geared toward um, unheralded juniors, unheralded seniors, so odds of seeing – you know, top 10 draft prospects are probably low. Uh, right now, the inaugural five teams, it's going to be the Mahoning Valley Scrappers, the State College Spikes, the West Virginia Black Bears, the Williamsport Crosscutters, and the Trenton Thunder. So, basically, it's going to be... Yeah, basically get the remains of the New York Penn League Pinkney Division, which is basically all of Pennsylvania, and the Trenton Thunder. So...
0: The, ML, the, the, the most valuable player should be the best rookie award.
1: Hell and yeah!
0: It's, it's a picture. It's a statue of rookie. Yeah,
1: I mean, he really should be like the mascot of the league. Yes. <laughs> Instead, uh, of the sil- Instead of the silhouette of like the MLB like guy swinging, it's it should great. just be it should be the, the silhouette of him holding the bat. <laughs> so I mean, it kind of I, I'm happy. It, it sucks that Triton obviously is not going to be a major league affiliate, but it's good that they are going to be in operation going forward. Um, It would be cool if, you know, like I was saying, there would be more top prospects in this league. It's probably looking like it's not going to be that kind of league, but who knows. Well, it'll be cool to see draft eligible guys. I mean, living around here, there's not really... Yeah, you know, this area is not a big uh, college area, I guess. Is, is that a good way of putting it? Yeah. yeah, yeah like, for, um, like, all the good schools are down south. Yeah, I mean, you have Rutgers by you, and that's kind of the extent of it, you know. I have Wagner, that's by me. Occasionally a Wagner guy gets drafted, but never anywhere. But really. it's not,
0: like, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, and then a handful of times you have... High school prospects that are in the area that you know you can kind of go to high school games and see. So it's more a
0: basketball place up here for yeah like, talent level stuff. You you find more basketball players who are there's more basketball programs up here. There's more high school kids who are very good. Even like football, there's not a lot. Like there's, there's a select few. It's sports up here is kind of weird in the nor- in <laughs> the New York City area. It's very for considering how big the city is and how like densely populated is and how many kids there are playing high school level sports. There's just not a lot of prospects. It's kind of, I think about that sometimes it's kind of surprising. And it's cold. Yeah.
1: But But yeah, it'll be cool. Definitely will be cool to be able to see more of these guys prior to them being selected.
0: I mean, so like, when does this run?
1: It's supposed to be April to August. They're changing the draft date. So instead of being in June, they're pushing it to I think the end of July. And because like
0: if I'm a team, the moment I draft someone, they're out of this league. Right, no, that no, no, is going to be
1: that is something that they're going to have to grapple with. But at the same time, if you're a team and you draft the player, yeah, okay, you have some somewhere he can get free at bats for a month, and you don't need to worry. You know, The yeah. whole the whole point sure. of of Removing the short season leagues is like you know fewer players to have to take care of and, and things facilities to deal with and, and people to deal with. The guys that get drafted, if you leave them there, there's there's a month that they can basically work on what they need to be working on, get at bats or innings under their belt, and you don't need to worry. It's just a hands off thing for you.
0: I would say though, I would see like at least if the way that I would want to run something is, I would worry that I'm not involved in their direct development for that month. Like, yes, it's a month, and it's probably, like, what's going to happen within that month is probably nothing. But, like, you don't know what type of coaches are there or what type of, like, instructions they're learning that you don't agree with or you mm-hmm. think are, like, counterintuitive to what you want to do or even if you think are dangerous if it's that serious. So, like, I don't know. If it was me the moment my dudes are drafted, I'm like, no, nah, you're not playing in that league no
2: more. I certainly wouldn't let my pitcher. I might let my hitters hang out and just say like, "Yeah, go screw around, take some at bats. It's fine. You're not gonna screw a pitcher though. You might really screw yourself up. I'm not letting my pitchers hang out in the league I don't control or play I mean, for a team I don't control. Yeah.
0: The more I think about this, the more I'm like, oh, you know what? Those five teams would better be or ser- serve doing is being a minor league team for uh, MLB's. Yep. Like, <laughs> like this is it's just it's just a worse outcome for everyone involved. Like, I understand, like, I kind of see, if you squint, I can kind of see the point, but I don't know. I think it's going to be something that is going to not move the needle much at all, and it's just an excuse to not have these teams be minor league teams anymore.
1: Yeah, very much.
2: I mean, I I have to admit some ignorance here. Like, is it just guys who get drafted, or can, like, undrafted guys come hang out as well?
0: That's what I don't get, because if it's undrafted dudes, then you could at least get tape on some guys. Right,
1: They're all undrafted guys. It's college players, mostly, and then maybe there will be some high schoolers. And then after the draft, we don't really know. I mean, every single team could pull everybody out, and then who knows. Or you could have every team that says, yeah, we're just going to use this as some extra developmental time for our newly drafted players, and you don't need to kind of restock.
2: See, that's more interesting to me, right? Because then it's almost like the... And obviously the, the developmental systems are very different, right? But there are guys in the NBA draft who, once you get past pick 40 or so, will tell teams not to draft them so that they can go to the G League and show off and get more scouts to look at them and hopefully get a better deal. I wonder if you might wind up in some situations where guys are like, hey, I'm not getting picked high enough, just don't draft me. I'm going to go to the draft league and, and showcase myself for a little bit. Um that element of it might be interesting, but the in terms of like drafted guys playing, I can't imagine that works.
1: Don't know. There's so many questions and so few answers.
0: It, it it's just it's annoying because these are the same teams that like the facilities were bad, and it was the same yeah. teams that were like. We don't need them to be there because we don't have enough minor leaguers. And then you're going to build a league that's about minor leaguers that need extra reps. So mm-hmm. it's just like, it, you know, it's just, it's just annoying. It's, it's the hypocrisy of it for, yes, it for more than anything else.
1: It's basically the minor, minor leagues. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's basically the, what the exact function, not a little bit tweaked, but a, the, a similar function to uh, the short season leagues mm-hmm. under affiliated ball, just kind of outsourced. Yep, I yes. mean it's no coincidence that all of these teams, with like, with the exception of the the Thunder, all of these teams were the former short season teams in the area.
0: And the Thunder is just in the area,
1: <laughs> right, right? Like,
0: like for the Thunder, it's they get they get to keep doing something because I'm sure this is better than nothing for them. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm one of the minor league teams, I'm jumping all over this because it's like I might be an independent team soon, you know? Like,
1: yeah, and at least I would I, have. Well, I mean the Atlantic League, which is the main yeah uh, independent uh league in the area, they are affiliated with baseball. major League baseball bought them, I think didn't they like two, yeah three and and they
0: yeah. they were like implementing the weird rules there right,
1: first. right right, right so I mean even if you did get banished to the the Atlantic League you're still affiliated with major League baseball to some degree but you' still got to get lucky enough to go there. Right. Well, so for some teams, that's not, was not uh, an acceptable answer because we have the recent case of the Staten Island Yankees who mm-hmm. passed on the opportunity. They are ceasing all operations and they're filing a lawsuit against the Yankees and Major League Baseball for a breach of contract because supposedly the Yankees promised when they sold to the current owners that they would Honor the entirety of their lease, which was supposed to run from 2001 to 2000. Uh, excuse me, 2001 to 2021, a 20-year lease. And obviously, they reneged on that. So yeah. I don't know if they're, you know if that's just a verbal agreement, then they have no leg to stand on. But if there was actually something on paper, then I don't know. It, it should stand up in court, which would be interesting to see. And if it does, it would be interesting to see if things like that follow among all these other teams that got, uh, screwed.
0: hmm It would be nice to see. Successful. Yeah. Because that's, that's BS how all this happens.
1: Yep. But, you know, I, I hope, I hope that, uh, I hope it's in writing and it would be nice to see the, 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 I mean, we're still talking about, you know, millionaires here. But compared to Major League Baseball, everybody's a small fish. So it would be nice to see the small fish win a little something for a change.
2: I mean, it'd be great to see Major League Baseball get burned for this whole thing. And it'd be particularly cathartic for us for it to be the Yankees. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Just uh, the chef's kiss on top of it.
1: All right, so we touched on the Dominican Winter League, uh, not last week, the week before Thanksgiving, and I realize now that I kind of did things a little out of sync. I wanted to go for the Caribbean Winter Leagues and, you know, kind of in order, uh, timing didn't exactly work out to introduce every league as they were starting. So this week we're just going to go over everybody that's left. So first we have the Mexican Pacific League, which is a different thing from the Mexican League. Uh, the Mexican League, the, excuse me, the Mexican Pacific League. It's a winter league. It operates mainly in Sonora and Sinaloa, which is, you know, western Mexico on the Pacific side, hence the name Pacific League. And it's yeah, regular Mexican League. Um, it's an April to September League. It's kind of AAA adjacent. Um, and it's pretty much operating over the entire entirety of the Caribbean side of Mexico, the eastern side. Although, interestingly, there is one team that both plays in the Mexican Pacific League over the winter and the Mexican League during spring and summer. So those This dudes, just sounds like
2: a branding nightmare.
1: Well, <laughs> they are, those are hardcore. If it was uh, the same people, but unfortunately, the team has a, a draft for the winter league version of them. It would be cool if it was just the same dudes playing basically April to April. Mm. So we have 10 teams in the Mexican Pacific League. So wish me luck. Here we go. There are the Aguilas de Mexicali, the Algadaranos de Guasave, the Ganeros de los Mochis, Charos de Jalisco, Mayos de Navajoa, Najarenos de Hermosillo. We have the Sultanes de Monterrey, and that's the team that plays both winter and during the season. We have the Tomateros de la the Venados de Mazatelatán. I definitely did that one wrong. And the Yaquis de Obregón. Oof.
2: Better than I would have done,
1: Steve. (laughs) So, (laughs) basically, in the entire Mexican Pacific League, Juan Oriarte is the only Mets player that is uh, playing in the league. There's a couple of guys that are kicking around that were former Mets, um, Jorge Carrillo, Rob Carson, Juan Carlos Gamboa, Alonzo Harris, some of these names going way, way back, but Oriarte is the only current Mets dude that's going to be playing over there over the winter. So next is the Pacific, uh, excuse me, the Puerto Rican winter league. That's going to be starting in a couple of days. Um, Same thing like the Dominican Winter League. You have a history; it goes back over 100 years or so. Long and storied history. Stars from the Major League Baseball. um, You know, local players that have kind of been enshrined in in local lore. Negro League players. You know, uh, lots of lots of different guys have played in the Puerto Rican Winter League over the years. Uh, There are seven teams in that league. Here we go. We have the <laughs> Cricoyas de Caguas, the Gigantes de Carolina, the Indios de Mayaguez, the Tiburones de Aguadilla, the Atientia- Atencienzas de Manatee, the Cangreneros de Santorce, and my favorite, RA-12. What? Obviously, yeah, obviously that one is an outlier with a weird name, no affiliation or anything like that. It's a new expansion team. Technically, it could be called the Roberto Alomar 12, because it was (laughs) formed by Roberto Alomar. Um, He named it after himself.
2: Real imaginative there.
1: The the logo of the team is literally his picture. (laughs) Uh, Basically, just the the whole point of the team, though, is just, like, develop some Puerto Rican youth and basically just raise a profile of baseball on the island, so... That's this is, cool. the,
2: this is the equivalent of the of Doug Dimmadone, owner of the Dougsdale Dimmadone.
1: <laughs> More or less, yeah. I
2: Dimmadone give a
1: shit. <laughs> um. So in terms of Mets players, there is Saul Gonzalez, who is a 2018 draftee who hasn't pitched since 2018 because of injury. Presumably Tommy John at this point, because it's been a while. Uh, and Steven Nogusek, and that is the extent of it if you want to include him there's Janushri Fargus he's going to be playing there too, but he's you know your mileage may vary if you want to consider him part of the Mets minor league system since he is
2: just kind of a free agent I still think he's a semi legit prospect who could be a, a speedy fourth outfielder type but maybe, yeah, I, mean, I, I might be over overvaluing him i I do think there are a couple of legit prospects that wind up in in that free agency scramble every year like um Sinabria this year just got non-tendered he's probably a real prospect so I'd count ca- Fargus.
1: Yeah well I'm not I'm not saying that he's not legit I just mean it. he was just a kind of free agent signing he doesn't really have he didn't even play with the Mets yet so he no. doesn't feel like a Mets guy It's
2: fair Yeah Was he even at the alternate site last year I don't remember <sighs>
1: I don't think so. Well, surprise. he might have been. I mean, he's a double A, triple A kind of upper depth dude. So probably
2: he's, he feels like the kind of guy you always want in your system, so that when you make the playoffs and you can get rid of some of the marginal stuff on your roster, you just have someone there as a designated base stealing threat or something. Uh,
1: have teams did, really embraced that? I know that the Royals did. The Dodgers have did, Terrence score for a did little they, bit too. I think so. Seems like a,
2: it seems like a semi-useful strategy to me. I just like yeah, especially
1: guys. especially in a postseason where a one run can make a huge difference.
2: And also, like every ace in baseball sucks at holding runners on, except for mm-hmm. like Clayton Kershaw. <laughs>
1: well, that's why he's a goat. And
2: lefty, yeah, that, that's an advantage. So,
1: uh, I addition. I think he was the
0: alternate site last year. I'm Probably. Looking at- I'm looking at his transaction list right now, and I think he was. Oh, okay. He's 25, so, I mean... He's he, not old. He's, no, he's old enough to have been on the, at like, a potential call-up, I mean, like... Yeah. Like, he's he's old enough where, like, if something happened to you, he would have been one of the first guys up, like, for an outfielder. And they re-signed him, so...
1: Yep. Well, <laughs> he legit didn't even get to play. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so in addition to those leagues, uh, in the Dominican Republic we spoke about, and the Mexican Pacific and the Puerto Rican League, there are a couple of other Caribbean leagues. There's the Cuban Series, the, the Cuban National Series. There's the Venezuelan Professional Baseball League, Panamanian Professional Baseball League, and the Colombian Professional Baseball League. Uh, Cuban National Series, obviously, has its own very special beast. We'll talk about that in the future, most likely. And then um, Venezuelan League, Panamanian League, Colombian League, they are not as well-known and prestigious as the ones going on in Dominican Republic, Mexico, and Puerto Rico because of politics mostly with Venezuela and, and the situation that's going on uh, ongoing with them. And in terms of Colombia and Panama, it was really financial issues. Um, yeah. Funding is not great. And... You know they've folded a couple of times in the in the recent future uh, near uh, present, but the Panamanian team actually won the Caribbean Series, which is basically the World Series of, of all these teams in 2019. So go figure. That's surprising. Yeah.
2: Didn't the Mets have a Panama- Panamanian? Panamanian? I think Ruben
1: Tejada. Ruben Tejada. Right. That's
2: who, that's who I thought, but I wasn't sure. It was rare. Was, that that would come up some, not as often as like the Kirk Newenhays played football, but occasionally we <laughs> get the Rumor Dahlias from Panama.
1: <laughs> he is. Uh. So yeah, the the Caribbean Series. It's you know like the the World Series of all of these Caribbean teams. Um. Basically, it's been it's an annual competition. It's been held more or less every single year since 1949. There was about a 10-year gap in the 1960s where they didn't play because of, you know, the Cuban Revolution and everything that was going on in the Caribbean in the 60s. Yeah, slightly
2: problematic. Um,
1: or... Yeah, understandable that they wouldn't uh, have baseball.
2: <laughs> scheduling. We have a bit of a scheduling conflict, guys. It's not going to work <laughs> out this year. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> we're
1: kind of being blockaded. <laughs> Awkward. Um, but in, in the history of the Caribbean series, the Dominican Republic has the most champ- championships. They got 20 of them. Well,
0: that's Puerto not Rico, at all.
1: Yeah. Puerto Rico is next with 16. Mexico then has nine. Cuba has eight. Venezuela has seven and Panama has two and Colombia has none. So, but they are a very, they, they're a much more recent addition. Cause yeah. baseball is surprisingly not very popular there.
2: It feels like in a lot of the – I actually, I'm not sure. I wonder how uh, uh, baseball relates to soccer in terms of popularity in a lot of these countries.
1: Soccer is number
2: one. Yeah, I mean, that's a given.
0: It's pretty much number one everywhere else. (laughs) Everywhere that
2: isn't the U.S. And
0: Japan, I would say.
2: That's fair, yeah.
1: That's why the U.S. and Japan are the best. It, I don't know. That always surprises me. But I guess it's just the uh, ease, yeah. the, the ease of being, you know, uh, of being able to play soccer as opposed to everything you need to play baseball. You literally. And, need, and that's it. Yeah. And also, obviously, the, the culture, it, it's much more deeply ingrained in the culture. In you know Latin America and the northern parts of South America.
2: I, mean, I remember the anecdote about Jose Reyes learning how to play shortstop with like an orange carton as a glove and yada yada. So it mm-hmm. makes sense. I mean soccer is just ball and a
1: couple sticks. Right. You don't need you don't even need to go through the the minimal lengths that you need to go to to have kind of basic baseball equipment. You just got a ball and you can play. The other soccer. the other
2: thing about other sports aside from baseball, like obviously you can play to like stick ball and just do two bases or whatever, but baseball kind of requires you, you could screw around and play basketball with less than five on five. You can screw around and play soccer with less than mm-hmm. 11 on 11. Right. Someone correct me if that's wrong. Okay. Um, but baseball, like you, you kind of need the full team to have it be
0: to learn well, everything. Yeah. Right. Like, you could up your skills on our soccer field, like you're saying, with, like, us four right. could figure out soccer. Like, up our soccer skills in a, in different areas, in a lot more diverse areas, with right. just four people then. Like, big, if we played a baseball problems.
1: game, <laughs> if, if, if
0: we played a baseball game, we would just be hitting home runs because everything that gets into the outfield, one of us would be like, I'm not chasing that, bud. No,
1: I, I wouldn't be hitting home runs, but, you know, yeah. you know they there. <laughs> Although, although, my mom is cleaning and she found my, my, I have it right here, my baseball card from my 1993 Little League season. You had base, of,
2: your Little League made baseball
1: cards? That's yeah. That's awesome. That's very cool. My 1993 Our Lady of Guadalupe Youth Program baseball card here. Apparently, <laughs> uh, at age six, I was four foot two, forty eight 48 pounds, so. Mike Trout-esque. <laughs> <laughs> definitely room to uh, fill in. <laughs> yep. Frame has room. Uh, room to add weight to the frame. I was a second-base prospect, so, I mean, that's extremely shameful. Oh, that's, that's you that's yeah,
2: not, not, that does not portend well for your future
1: defensive home. No. That's, second uh, base at age six, that's just pitiful. And he still has to
0: fill out. Mm, he might be at the <laughs> age.
1: Mm. Ugh. But it says here, favorite pro team, New York Mets, and favorite pro player, Doc Gooden. So, nice. I've, yeah. That's good. I've stayed true to myself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But that was a funny uh, find that she gave me. She's like, Look what I have. I'm like, What do you have? And there's a picture. I was like, Okay. And then I saw the back of it. I was like, oh, Okay. That's, That's awesome. Yeah. All right, Um, right. We're going to be ending today by debuting a new segment. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Cue, kind of...
2: cue, cue the music. Who brought the soundboard this week? Oh, I forgot again. Damn. Oh God!
1: (laughs) 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 We kind of we kind of like spoke about this offline, like for a hot second or so a while ago. And our new segment is going to be called "Fred said what." And basically, (laughs) Fred Wilpon, he's gone. We're going to miss him, of course. And he's had quite a few colorful quotes over the years. That's one regarding way to Jose, put it. Yeah, regarding Jose Reyes, you know, the famous, he thinks he's going to get Carl Crawford money. He's had everything wrong with him. David Wright oh. was David Wright was a really good kid, a very good player, not a superstar. Um, Carlos Beltran, he said that some schmuck in New York paid him based on that one series, and he's really worth 65 to 70% of what he was paid. And then uh, about life in general, I guess, we're bitten, baby. So now that Fred is gone, we're going to have to make our own great Fred Wilpon quotes because he's not going to be giving them to us. So I'm going to put you guys on the spot and next week someone else can do this and, and put me on the spot with whoever else do. Um, I want a Fred Wilpon-esque quote about somebody that's been in the news you know, uh, uh, recently. So I'll start with an easy one, uh, the, the the future president, Joe Biden. Give me a Fred Wilpon quote about Joe Biden.
0: Oh, no. Oh, Christ. <laughs> um, you really are
2: putting me on the spot here. <laughs> you want um, to follow
1: for offered money? <laughs> I feel like we should just call up Rich. and.
2: Yeah, you see, that's who we really need for this segment. Is Ray- Rich would uh, somehow nail the. Uh, 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 Nail the Fred Wilpon uh, idea while also somehow turning it into a cringeworthy pun.
0: He'd be like, listen, fat. And then he'd he'd say something that's perfectly on brand, and I'd be like, how'd you do that?
2: See, I think you could legit take the uh, uh, uh quote about David Wright and just replace <laughs> superstar with not the president because Fred Wilpon <laughs> probably thinks there the re-election was right. <laughs> nice guy, not the president. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's a nice politician but not the president. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh,
1: that is very well. That that is classic Volponery right there.
0: Yep. It is pretty wild that like we always gave all of at least for me, I was always fo- focused on the Jeff Wilpon side of things. But Fred ha- had some real, real winners of
1: his own. Right, ideas that had some real moments. Jeff <laughs> like, Wilpon was the one like he had like the real serious dumb shit, like borderline criminal at times. Maybe yeah. Fred Wilpon was just the one that just like the doddering old man that just said stupid stuff.
2: Look, I don't want to I don't want to give Fred Wilpon too much credit because there's a whole bunch of societal factors and just general luck that played into him. Becoming rich? But he at least did the stuff to become rich, unlike Jeff, who did <laughs> right. nothing. I will I will give Fred a modicum of credit and assume that he's slightly more intelligent than his fail son. Yeah. That
1: would seem to
0: be the case. And, like, people seem to like Fred in the business.
2: Yeah, like, he's just like the generic crotchety old baseball guy who hasn't moved past the 70s or something. Yeah. Did a little too much acid, got his brain just stuck in time, and now he can't move forward anymore. It's classic, I, you know.
1: Can't see him doing acid. All
2: right, choose a different drug. Your choice. Your <laughs> choice, son.
1: He definitely was him.
2: not that cool.
1: Yeah, okay. no, I can't All see right. him doing like any drugs. He he definitely is just like devil's lettuce. That <laughs> you know, kind of that kind of guy.
0: I keep thinking about that Beltran quote, man. This is the first time I ever heard it. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> Because I knew the David Wright one, because it's like, he's like the best player they've ever, like the best offensive player they've ever developed. Yes. He's, not and, a superstar. And he's like, yeah, he's not a superstar, though. Like, you're just owning yourself at that point. Like,
2: yeah. <laughs> and also just objectively that. wrong. Right? Oh, yeah, it's just
0: wrong.
1: <laughs> All right, so, Joe Biden, really good guy, great politician, not the president. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if anyone has any questions, comments, whatever, you could send us an email at our email address from ComplexToQueens at gmail.com. You could follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I'm at Steve Seifer. Lucas is at Elvlahos343. Ken is at Ken1191. Thomas is at SadMetSeasonSZN. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Rate and review it. And, of course, thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week. And until then, love the Mets, love the Mets.